Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. everybody this is james and marco and nabil and this is the movie pals podcast podcast number 38 and today we have a special guest hi i'm john harder from waterfront comics hey john we are actually recording this podcast from waterfront comics look at that we just thought it'd be nice to have our official sponsor on here and talk a little bit about himself because we mention him in every episode. Greatly and, appreciated, Marco. Oh, of course. No, yeah. we we appreciate you, John. Very much appreciated. And yeah. we just want all of you to know exactly who he is and why we think he's great and why he's one of our sponsors. We're just going to talk a little bit about John and his shop and his business, and that way y'all will know where to go to get your fan favorites, whether it be comics, collectibles, or things of that matter. So that being said, uh, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get started in the comic book business? Well, when I was a kid, the first comic that was ever bought for me was Star Wars number one. And it's kind of led me on that path since 1978. Nice. Well, our Marco's normally the one that's old as fuck. Yeah. We have two old fucks on the pod this time, so brace yourselves. We're all getting there. I opened up here in uh, 2003, so 15 years strong. Oh, wow. We're still doing it. So nice. That's great. Complain. Yeah. And this Star Wars comic, did it cover... I'm assuming the earlier movies, like it was, A New Hope. It was the first 20 minutes of The New Hope. Oh. That's amazing. Do you sell that here, John? <laughs> I have a, a reprint copy, yeah. Look, look at that, guys. Nice. <laughs> See? All, all, already a reason why you want to come to John. So what are some of the things that you enjoy about doing what you do, being a comic book shop owner? The most thing I enjoy is all the people that come to see me every week, you know, and the friendships we make and... And people talking shit, talking, you know, just happy to be here in general. Yeah. Do you feel that that personal touch is just something that we still need nowadays? I know, you know, with everyone being able to shop online and stuff, you still feel like people want that connection to come in store and talk to someone, right? I think so a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, as I ramble on, it's when you come in and it's you talk to someone that you know that you've become friends with throughout the years that they know what they're talking about they can give you recommendations as that personal touch yeah, that personal touch is more than just like click on amazon and it'll be in here in three days what are what are some of your favorite customer experiences john well the good part are the the, the people that come in and are happy every week to see me and like one guy gave me an advent gift of 12 marvel socks for the day nice. <laughs> cool. yeah. cool. you know that kind of interaction and i also like the when it all goes off the rails and people come in drunk and you know 
<laughs> you know, you get to fuck with people for a little bit. I've, I've, I've never heard of drunkenly buying comics. This is new to me. I think it helps with the bar yeah, being bar next, next door. door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John. Uh, John happens to be uh, located next to next to a bar. Yeah. But please don't feel discouraged to come in. It's a family-friendly place. We promise. That's how Marco and I became friends. Was that sounds you know, about right? At the bar. Yeah, yeah pre- pretty much. I'm, I met John there and found out he knew some of my uh, mutual friends, and that I actually had met John years ago when he worked at a comic book shop um, years ago, which is um, another story that we can save for another time. But. That guy um, ended up in federal prison, so I'm no. successful. <laughs> Glad you dodged that bullet. So, oh my God. so, uh, so John is actually in Witsec, and uh, unfortunately, they couldn't move him anywhere, so he's back in Sassoon uh, with the same name, and he ended up taking over the shop. So that's how we got here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I mean, we appreciate having you as our sponsor, as I mentioned before, and. We love the fact that you give us little special treats here that we can give out to our fans, which we will mention that we have a special giveaway on this episode. And I'm actually going to put in a special giveaway. So the first person that comes down here and says they listen to this podcast, I have an Aquaman water globe that I've had since I opened, and I will give it to them if they come in here when they say they've listened to this show. Look at that. Wow. God, I just want to come back tomorrow. Can we come back and say that we actually did the pod? And will that make us a, a, a qualifiable winner? I'm just kidding. Just send Birdo in for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my brother. Yeah, He's like, like, I've uh, heard about there's a water thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like the water thing. Real quick, what are some other benefits of coming to your shop, John? Do you have like a membership program or a hold system that someone comes in and say, hey, John, put this on hold for me? Yeah, absolutely. If people need something special ordered or I can't be in here this week, can you grab this and set it aside? We definitely do it, you know, and it's awesome. Our way of saying thank you for coming down and supporting us, you know. And guys, once again, because we're really tooting John's horn here. Um, it's it's a like a big library in here of comics. We are here yeah. surrounded by years of history, and it's not again. It's not just comics. It's it's collectibles. Uh, if you want to look for those uh, special pop figures that you see in stores, John has them here, and chances are he probably has some stuff on here that you can't get anywhere else. So definitely come in and give him a shot. I want to turn it over to some of the other pals here because I've been. Taking hogging the mic here. So, uh, do you guys have any questions for our special guest here today? Well, actually, um, since thanks to Bill. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> just... <laughs> thank you guys. I appreciate it. Since you guys, uh, since you own a comic book store, I've kind of figured the best question to ask is, "What's your favorite movie adaptation of a comic book?" That's that's really good. That's a really good question. I'm actually gonna go with recency bias. And say into the Spider Verse oh, because that that's felt nice. like the most comic book of all the comic book movies. It was unabashedly right. like this is a comic book. There's a spider pig in wait, this, and wait, in even even more so than Batman and Robin. Even more so. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, God damn it, Mark. the Rift tracks Batman <laughs> and Robin. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good pick, actually. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I, Hard I can't argue help with. but it, yeah, I can't help but agree with that. It's I just it's like I, we mentioned it in our last episode, but it's easier to kind of 
translate something into an animated film and make it more closer to the actual source. So, yeah, good pick. Awesome. My favorite part of that like little nerd thing is the kingpin in there was an actual adaptation of how this artist, Bill Sienkiewicz, drew him in the Daredevil kingpin series he did. That's what I heard. Yeah. Like, he's supposed to be, like, this huge, giant... Mm-hmm monster that's got enormous powers yeah because i was wondering about that i was wondering i wonder which version of kingpin they chose from that because i'm not too familiar with the spider-man comics or the daredevil ones aside from what i get from the tv show and what what people tell me or the movie with ben affleck (laughs) that's (laughs) a good one (laughs) (laughs) which uh, i know i I still yet to watch the director's cut's underrated of that exactly what i told marco actually (laughs) i've told him exactly the same thing i I didn't do my homework It's actually decent, I so, would say. So, James, what about you? Any other questions? Yeah, I got something, John. Question here is, because since you do own a comic book shop, what's the most like random series that you would never think is popular that's gets like asked about around here or so? I was actually shocked when they adapted Guardians because that had no traction until the movie came out. And it was just like an afterthought and then gotcha. the movie came out and then rocket raccoons become huge oh nice oh, wow. okay didn't even think about that actually um it's cool it's in uh, kind of going off of that you have you be with the resurgence of comic book movies and uh, sort of a renaissance with them going on have you seen a surge spike up with comics as well too and sort of not a bigger love but maybe more so than than before I'm going to say it's a broader love. It's people that had never ventured into a comic book store now know these characters and will seek them out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being on this pod. We look forward to doing this episode with you. And once again, guys, come to Waterfront Comics in Susun City, California, and come say hi to John Harder. If you come early enough, you get an Aquaman water globe. Yeah, Yeah, see, mention us, guys. Come on. Someone's like, I got this. <laughs> Someone's just going to listen to this and then say, yeah, I heard the whole episode. Don't worry about it. Just should, let it play. Yeah. Put it on mute, okay? Yeah. You should try to have a quiz them or something, John. Yeah. Like, so what uh, What was everyone watching? <laughs> just want to know if you got past the first What random minutes? shit was Nabil watching this week? Yeah, what's, <laughs> what's the British rom-com that uh, Nabil saw? <laughs> okay, so let's jump in then to the rest of the pod here to what we've been watching. Hey, guys. What you watching? Hey, so uh, what you watching? Hey, what are you guys watching? So let's start it out here today, and I'm going to start actually with Marco. What have you been watching? So first of all, I just want to apologize. If you haven't noticed already, I've been a little under the weather. So if I sound a little bit like crap, it's, it's because of that. You sound fine, that, actually. So. Yeah, you don't sound oh, thank, thank you, guys. I think it's kind of sexy. I oh, Oh, John. I mean, stop you. Sh- Marco's stop. shirt's off, so you tell me, guys. <laughs> oh, what's I know, happening right? here? Right? I'm telling you, it's the cold, you know, it's, you know, making my nipples hard. So, um, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to gloss over that, guys? Oh, wow. Okay. Jeez. Oh, John. John. Well, it's okay. getting steamy in here now. Um, I, I've, I've done what I said I wouldn't do. And again, I've neglected Amazon and Hulu and just gone straight to Netflix. Get and- out of here, sir. <laughs> Get out of here. So I'm, I'm going to start with one that's getting a lot of buzz right now, and everyone's talking about it on social media. 
But if you've been asleep for the past 24, 48 hours, uh, I saw the Netflix original Bird Box. And Bird Box is a 2018 drama horror slash suspense. I don't think it's really a horror, even though it's classic. Uh, one. It's got some horror horrific. Thriller, kind of like I say it's more suspenseful. Suit, yeah. Uh, directed by Suzanne Beyer, who I don't recognize any of her work. I saw and I was like, nope. Don't recognize any of these movies. The so. biggest one for me was um, What We Lost in the Fire, which yeah. is a 2007 film starring Halle Berry and Benicio Del, Del Toro. That's the only one. I mean, she's done a lot of foreign films. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what I saw. And I was like, hmm, I don't know any of these, so I'm not going to mention them. But basically, the movie is in an apocalyptic setting, and it's split into two parts, uh, one present and another a flashback. And basically, in the near future, uh, something causes mass suicides worldwide. And it only happens if you see what causes it, but what is causing it is invincible, invisible, not invincible, but well, technically invincible too, but invisible to the naked eye. And a group of survivors have to wait it out in a single house. That's the flashback, basically. And in the present, a lone survivor is on a river with two kids trying to get to a destination. And that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil the rest, but the, the movie stars... Sandra Bullock as Mallory, Trevante Rhodes as Tom, John Malkovich as Douglas, and Sarah Paulson as Jessica, who's Mallory's sister. There are a few other special cameos, like B.D. Wong's in it, Machine Gun Kelly's in it, randomly, and uh, yeah. so little Lil Rel Howery from Get Out. So um, they're also notable characters that appear if you're fans of them. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. I think it was overhyped. That's that's just my first initial feeling of it. It was definitely overhyped. Yeah, because yeah. everyone everyone was just talking about it over and over again, and you kept seeing it pop up on social media. But I finally caved in and was like, "All right, I'll give this a shot and see what's going on." It's very predictable in some parts. Like yeah. the the plot, as at least the flashback, the, the flashback aspect of it is very kind of straightforward, just like any survivor story. Um, the performances were good. I think Sandra Bullock and John Malkovich were really good. Tremonte Rhodes uh, were, was really good as well. Those performances, I think, were the three most powerful in there and the best. Uh, I There's lots of survivor tropes on during the, the, the story or the, the flashback. Like You, you know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, you know who's going to bite the bullet and who's not. I mean, obviously, because it's the flashback. And everything that you see... Uh, in that part of the story, like you can see it coming a mile away. So that that was one of my main issues. It's kind of hard to surprise me in survivor stories because I've seen so many. <laughs> and I think that's probably like an issue that I had with this. And being a movie critic, I guess like it's easier to point out. What I did like about it and what did work for me were the river scenes with Sandra Bullock and the two kids. I think that by far had the best performances and cinematography. They have these shots of her on the river that just look spectacular yeah and the fact that the movie takes place uh in northern california uh near the santa rosa bay area uh they mentioned sacramento out of nowhere and, and i'm like and stuff too. Yeah, yeah i was like i know these places i've been there so i don't know cal yeah so, <laughs> he's like so I've that kind there. of gave me a little bit of of love for it um other than that i just i don't think it was that great i was good yeah I, I still recommend watching it i would say i would agree that i actually enjoyed it i just like you guys are saying it's not really it, it was overhyped for sure. Um, it was almost akin to um, the, the A Quiet the Place. Hap- 
I thought it was like the happening almost. I'm, yeah, I, I, almost like the happening. Just, too. Uh, I mean, I just, the happening wished it was happening. Yeah, yeah that's I what I told James that I was like, this is what the happening should have been. Yeah, but I agree with that. Um, what I what I didn't I did like about it though was that you didn't see a monster like in a quiet place. Um, so you didn't have to. You it was kind of left up to your imagination. There was a little bit of a tease there, um, but for the most part, you didn't actually see any of the monsters, which is cool. Um, I also think that some of the characters that were there, their stellar, you know, stellar cast, didn't have as much longevity as I would have liked. Like no. if they fleshed out some of those characters just a little bit, give them more screen time, would have been really yeah, nice. Yeah, because you don't care about them. Yeah, you really don't. And th- those characters are setting up a specific trope. Like this person is this kind of guy, and we know what's going to happen to him, or this person is going to do something else. And yep. So you, that was the, part of the predictability. You have the asshole, the frail person, the one who supports the person who has their shit together, which in this one is Senator Bullock. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, it was overhyped, but I actually really enjoyed it yeah, overall. It I didn't care that it was predictable. If a, a story is really well done, it it kind of interests me of course and i i don't know really good like uses of suspense in this movie especially scenes where i mean they blindfold themselves so they have to travel along there's especially like a scene when they're in the car and they black out the window and use the gps in the car to get to a grocery store that was pretty original really well done um but yeah there are characters that just you know don't get enough time like the old lady totally forgot about her (laughs) (laughs) when she pops back up i was like oh shit i forgot she was here but uh, yeah, overall, not a bad movie. Uh, the other story I was watching or movie is one where you play a character that basically has the outcome or has a say in the outcome of a story, and the consequences of these decisions dictate where the story is going to be. But enough about Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> I'm talking about Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which is the 2018 Netflix original, also, and it's. I think amazing. Uh, it was directed by uh, David Slade and stars Fionn Whitehead as Stefan Butler and also Craig Parkinson as Peter Butler, his dad, as well as Alice Howe as Dr. Haynes. This movie is about a programmer in the 80s that's making an adventure book into a game. And as he starts the production of this, it affects the reality around him. And I loved how interactive it was because this actually really is an interactive movie where you, the viewer get to make the decisions as they pop up on the bottom of your screen and you get to decide where the story goes. There is an actual ending to it, but it's, you just have to be very cautious of your decisions and doing that. I don't think took away from the movie itself. And I know James that you saw it too. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was amazing. I thought that it was unique. It does get a little clunky at times. There's, it's like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Akin to like those older books back in the day, Goosebumps or whatever. Um, it works. There's five different endings to it as well. So there's different ways to get to different endings. And I guess there's kind of one true canon ending to the end of it all. James likes to find those canon endings. Yeah, you're telling yeah. me, man. There's even like Easter eggs on Easter eggs on this show too. So if you like Black Mirror, definitely this is something to check out. Um, yeah, it's cool though. It's It works for the most part. Um, I'd say that choosing it though and everyone i it depends how much you time you put into this yeah i could see somebody like giving up pretty easily on this one and not getting the full experience yeah as with any kind of like choose your own adventure i don't know i think the the aspect of being able to choose where the story went kept me more riveted and kept me interested in it but it's also that whole 
gimmick in a way is also kind of a play on everything too in a right. black mirror way yeah so it's actually are you choosing the adventure <laughs> or that's what it kind of questions it. it's yeah it, it can be or maybe it's again. always got the outcome that you it's going to tell you about right yeah but so. that's pre- that's pretty much all i'll say about it because it's it's really easy to spoil a lot on yeah. this movie but if you haven't checked it out if you're a fan of black mirror definitely please do because i absolutely enjoyed it and loved it and highly recommended it i enjoyed it better than bird box yeah i said it sorry it's just my opinion but that's pretty much all i've been watching can awesome. i ask a quick non-spoilery question do yes it. for the five endings do i have to go back and rewatch it five times or no, no. It, it brings you back to a certain point it has a yeah has Netflix a safe will point. literally bring you to like a point like hey change your mind or do this Yep, you can start it over. Or you can start from where. I actually uh, take it back though. Four of the five, you can do that. For one of them, you do have to restart the entire thing. Oh yeah. Yep. So you have to actually go back. That's what takes the longest. It takes roughly two and a half to three hours. There, to there the is a thing. chart on Twitter right now. If you, I mean, if you want to spoil some stuff for you and just kind of follow the paths that that kind of guides you with your answers. So I would say for the most part, not even looking at that, you can get the four of them and then go back and use the chart to get that last one. Yeah. That's the Looking best forward way to, to checking it out. Yeah, it's pretty. It's unique. Yeah. So, Nabil, what have you been watching? Oh, you know, things and stuff all the time. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, John, what have okay. you been watching? No, <laughs> <laughs> no love here. Oh, man, no I respect. Laugh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So, I I finally got a chance to watch a film I was waiting for uh, this year, which was Mary Queen of Scots. And I was, obviously was the only one waiting for that film. No, I want to see it too. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, that film starts Shirza Ronan as Mary Stewart and uh, Margot Robbie as Queen Elizabeth I. Um, Josie Rourke is a director. She's a first-time director, so it's a, kind of a big thing to do a period piece. But Yeah, definitely. You know, good for her. Um, so the story is about the Queen of France. She was 16, ended up being widowed at 18. Uh, her name is Mary Stewart, and she decides to get remarried. Uh, she decides not to get remarried in France and go returns to her home country of Scotland. Um, she tries to go there to reclaim her throne, um, but Scotland and England already kind of fall under the reign of England um, under Elizabeth I. So there's a kind of like a head-to-head between Elizabeth and Mary, uh, kind of they, they're cousins. So they look at each other kind of like sisters because they don't really have any more siblings, just the two of them as far as family's concerned. Um, and so there's a small little rivalry, but there's also kind of like a struggle of power because they both like admire each other and love each other. But at the same time, one wants to be queen over the other. Um, and so they kind of play games around a bunch of men that counsel them and the struggle of the marriage, uh, of choosing to be married and not. This sounds absolutely real. The struggle is real, Nabil? So I'm going to tell you right now, um, this isn't very historically accurate from watching it because I know. I've heard the the performances are really good though. The performances are great, but I know the story of uh, Mary Queen of Scots and they skip over a lot of things. They try and the trailer is a bit misleading on showing like a head to head between Elizabeth and Mary because there really isn't much of one. Really? Yeah, they're separate for the pretty much the whole movie. Oh, um, wow. They have a meeting near the ending of it. Um, is it how's the pacing on this one? It's slow. Um, yeah. It's there. I Ronan has so brutally honest. I know, it, it's really. I mean, slow. hey, let me know, man. It's a film that I was looking forward to, like I said, but and it was good to kind of see it on screen. But some of the things they did with it, I don't want to spoil too much, but. Um, I just wasn't really, I feel like they didn't really show the struggle of the Scots because the Scots, there was a lot of, um, rivalries between the Catholics and Protestants in Scotland. And so, um, the United Kingdom as a whole is pretty much Protestant at this point. 
um, and there's still some remnants of Catholicism, and Mary was a Catholic, and they didn't want her to reign because they couldn't have a, a Catholic rule over um, any part of the land anymore. They didn't want anybody to believe uh, in the Vatican, essentially, is what it is, you know, believe in a pope. It should be just God is how they looked yeah. at it. And so there was a lot of struggle with Mary and the local sect of Scotland, but there was a little bit of rivalry with England as well. But And they show that. They show, like, a couple battles that happen. Um, they do, Shirsha Ronan does a great job as Mary. Um, even Margot Robbie does a really excellent job for uh, Queen Elizabeth. But her screen time is so... I think, honestly, I want to say her film screen time the whole time is maybe 15 minutes. Oh, wow. wow yeah, so it's not much. Really That's good. Yeah, but it's yeah, really just not much screen time for her. Between the two, though, that you saw, like, the favorite last time in this one, wh- yeah. which was the one that you would go with, though? Yeah, because it sounds kind of similar. In it's, a way. Yeah, I mean, they're both about the royal family. Um, I would honestly say the favorite was just more interesting, more okay. compelling. There was a little bit more comedy. I was more intrigued in seeing what was going to happen with Queen Anne and, you know, her subjects, essentially, versus... Yeah. Um, I, I'd recommend watching Mary Queen of Scots if you don't know anything at all about the struggle between Scotland and England in the 16th century. But um, I honestly... Or, I'm sorry, the 14th century. But... Uh, Honestly, you could probably find a nice, like a book or some kind of short story or some video on YouTube to give you a better in-depth story about it because the history is much more fascinating than what they're showing on on the movie, to be honest. It's just really more about Mary and how she doesn't want to get married but ends up having to make decisions because of decisions of men and it just, you know, it kind of okay. falls apart sometimes. But like I said, the performances were strong. So. Okay. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's going to be an Oscar contender. It might be for performances um, for like Best Actress, but I don't see it winning anything for like a Best Picture or anything like that. And the other movie I saw randomly um, was a 2009 film called Julie and Julia. Um, and this stars Amy Adams uh, as Julia Powell and Meryl Streep as Julia Child uh, with the director Nora Ephron. This was actually her last film before she passed away. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so this is about the famous chef, Julia Child, and a at the time blogger, Julia Powell, both of whom they wrote memoirs. They find their lives kind of intertwined by essentially Julia Child's book that she made. She made a, a French cookbook for Americans. Um, and they kind of find their passion about with, with food and cooking and, and kind of being independent women, in a sense, um, in different eras, because Julia Child was growing up in the 50s, 60s, and... Um, Amy Adams' character, Julie uh, Powell, was actually in, like, the early 2000s, kind of after 2001. Um, it's a very good movie. I, I've, I have been wanting to see it for a while, and it just kind of randomly showed up on Netflix. And Me I too. Said, I haven't seen this yeah. one. It's about cooking, very much. I can see oh, why really? Meryl, Meryl Streep uh, won a... She actually won an Academy Award for this film, finally. So, oh, wow. And it was a really, really good role she did over there, I think. John, you saw this film, correct? I saw it when it came out, and yeah. it was one of my wife and my favorites movies that year. I mean, we both love to cook, so right. that we were right up there. It, it does make you want to cook, because she's... Her whole thing, uh, Julia Child, was that she, her husband worked with the government, um, supposedly with, like, uh, during kind of the, the... I think it's one of the wars. I want to say it was... After World War II. After World War II. Yeah, so was, it, diplomat over there there you go um and so he traveled a lot and they were in paris at this point so he's stationed there and his wife julia was kind of bored didn't know what to do so she looked up a bunch of hobbies and said you know what why not try cooking so she went to a big fancy cook uh, french cooking school and um not a lot of women were really professional cooks very male dominated yeah very one of the first ones 
just oh, jumped okay. into the class yes. and said, I'm going to do it because, you know, she's American and she can. It's basically what it there was. There you go. Whoa, buddy. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's really the attitude in the film. It's like, why not? Um, she proved them wrong and did really good at cooking and just met up with some friends and said, um, let's do a cookbook together. And she wanted to, to make a cookbook of French cuisine for Americans because at the time, Americans were just learning how to, there were some cookbooks that were made popular about just cooking in general instead of eating kind of the fast food or the frozen meals that were starting to come out. Um, and Julie uh, Powell, which is uh, Amy Adams' character, was also having some issues with her job and, you know, kind of wanted to be a writer but didn't know what to do and decided to write a blog and made her mission to write um, a blog about Julia Child's book and doing a one recipe or doing a, doing all the recipes in one year inside that book. One a day. Yeah, one a, at oh, least one a day. Cool. Right? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I feel like I need to watch this because I don't, I don't cook much, but if you can convince me to cook, then... You've won my heart. I, can barely, I actually kind of want to read that book I mean, now and try to make some recipes from there too. I can barely make cereal. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, the flakes get soggy. I don't. I understand. mean, I, I don't spill most of the time, but it's not a guarantee, Nabil. They say you put it in the bowl. I get some on the side. Is that okay? I don't know. No, Nabil knows I'm not joking either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely a recommendation. If you haven't seen the film, I, I, I'm kind of upset that I hadn't seen it earlier. It, it was definitely a good film to watch. And it's on Netflix, you said? It's on Netflix right now. I'm going to I'm gonna have to add that. Yeah. I do want to see. see I'm, not, I'm not going to be able to end this trend of Netflix. <laughs> Marco's borrowed about four movies from me. I haven't seen anyone back up, yet. Got to catch up, Marco. You know. What about you, James? What have you been watching? I've been watching a lot, actually, guys. I'm not going to lie. This whole last two weeks, I, I swear to God, I think I've seen 12 movies. You know, it's Christmas. I, I think by now you all know that James friends. goes into this rabbit hole. <laughs> Not even that. And man. Uh, no, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Well, some sometimes I don't know. No, it is but, sometimes. It's a problem. <laughs> My girlfriend's so, like, "You're gonna come out?" I'm like, "No, I, I must finish I'm this quest." Finish four more Alfred Hitchcock films. <laughs> uh, first off, I'll start it off. I saw Bumblebee with uh, our friend Mikey a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. Awesome. Uh, this one is kind of a soft reboot of the Transformer franchise. Uh, not directed by Michael Bay. This is directed by Travis Knight. I know, right? <laughs> So he, well, I mean, <laughs> Michael Bay's appointment. He's still producing. John it. John's very excited that it wasn't Michael Bay. He's Bay's an executive time. producer, but Travis Knight did the film with Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh yeah, that's which a great is movie. an excellent movie, by the way. So that's why I feel like this movie's really good. This movie's awesome, guys. So it takes place in 1987. Basically, Bumblebee is on Earth because Cybertron has fallen, and um, basically. Um, Optimus Prime has sent everybody out to find a new base of operations. Bumblebee lands on Earth. He gets damaged during a fight. And um, so he goes into kind of like a power down mode. And he's discovered by a young girl named Charlie, played by Haley Steinfeld. And basically she finds out that he's a Transformer. I won't spoil anything else because there's a lot more to the movie. Um, This is what should have probably happened for these movies to begin with. Because it's going off of like Generation 1 stuff too. Love it. Um, it's not perfect. Like, there's still some kind of corny parts, especially yeah. as much as I love John Cena, there are some moments <laughs> that he shows up, and it's kind of like, this is the Michael Bay moment of the movie. <laughs> um, but there's actually, there, the action's really well done. The um, It's like a drama, because Charlie herself is a person that, like, recently lost her father, so it's she has a connection to the car because her dad was like a mechanic too. And it really works well. Haley Steinfeld's incredibly likable, which works in this movie. 
Like, they actually give her character depth. Yeah, and there's actually uh, character development. characters in the original series. Which is crazy. It's not just about, like, really pretty girls and, like, exploding water. At one point, I remember that in slow motion. Was it the first, fourth movie? Fourth one. I was like, dude, he hit the water, exploded. Sixty percent of the movie is in slow motion. Yeah, none okay. of that there. Um, it's a good story. It's really well done. It's funny. It's actually very touching. It's got a touching story to it. Um, it's also randomly the not randomly. I know why now, but it's the highest rated Transformers film on Rotten Tomatoes. I saw at like a ninety-seven percent or oh something my God. like that. So, I mean, take that for what you want, because, I mean, we can't always go off of Rotten Tomato scores. <laughs> but in this instance, it's definitely one of those movies that I think um, you should take a look at. Especially, I know a lot of people have gotten burned out from the previous movies. I mean, what were there, five uh, of them? I'm, I'm one of them, sir. Yeah, so there's definitely that Transformers fatigue, I would say. Yeah, I think I made it through two. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they don't get much better after. I mean, they, the fir- I like the first one actually. The first, I, I like the first and third one, and that's what it. Um, uh, I definitely want to watch this one though. I would definitely a, say give Bumblebee a look. It's it was a, really good. I'm a Gen One Generation One fan. Yeah, so. it's really cool too. Um, the music and I mean, it's probably playing on a lot of nostalgia factors of '80s uh, music and references too. I mean, if they play the touch. Then I'm sold. Oh man, you got the touch. Yeah, well, you know what? Put your pants back on, Marco. Let's go see a movie. <laughs> Okay, um, but that I just want to let you know about that. I also went and took my dad to see a documentary the other day as well. The uh, it's directed by Peter Jackson. It's about World War One. It's called "They Shall Not Grow Old." So, the interesting thing about this movie—I don't know if you guys know about this one or not—is that they took footage from over a hundred years ago. Because at this point, it's hundred years plus back from the um, he used like the film archive through New Zealand and Britain and stuff like that. But he actually fixed it, quote unquote, in a way. So uh, films back then were shot with somebody cranking like a camera. So it's very mm-hmm. janky. It's all over the place. But they actually use like, it took three years to do this, by the way. They went through hundreds of hours of um, imagery. And first they did like, they fixed the frame rate, put it to 24 frames a second so that people walk more natural. It's not like something, I don't know if you guys have seen silent films a lot, Yeah, but it almost looks like they're moving in like twice the speed and all this stuff. And I can't goddamn spin stand that either. So then he actually went back and colorized it too, which is pretty awesome. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but yeah, they I saw, actually I saw went to trailer. locations. He had actual like, unif- that, like Peter Jackson's a World War One nut, which is insane. Because at the end of the movie, there's a 30 minute like behind the scenes. He's like, and then we went, and you know, I have all these uniforms that I have. I'm like, what the hell is this? It's shit? a fascinating war, though. I've always been intriguing. The, the He's like, war. then I wanted to make sure the artillery is right, so you know, I have a couple of those in my uh, warehouse. It's, and I was like, I mean, what the it, hell? It, it, I'm I'm fascinated by World War One, just basically because everyone always has information about World War Two, and it's it's I mean, definitely, it's also one of the only major wars that doesn't have a memorial in uh, Washington D.C. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to build one too. But as a, a celebration of the 100th year of the end of it, basically. But then they added, um, like, voices to everything, too. They got, but they brought in, like, professional lip readers so they can find out what these guys were saying at certain moments. Um, the t- movie is totally told in the, uh, by interviews done back in the 60s and 70s of actual World War I vets. Wow. So that's how the actual story flows. It just follows really the British Army from 1914 to 1918. Yeah, he wanted to do more, obviously, but it would just take way too long because right, right. I mean, there's the first time using planes during warfare. There's yep. the submarines they were using. He he wanted to do more of that, but he had to kind of 
kind of limited down just to kind of get the feel of it too for just like one kind of set of group of people. And uh, yeah. it's incredibly well done. It's a technical kind of masterpiece as well. It's not perfect. At times you can tell like, oh, this is slightly modified. But if you've seen at least the trailer, I'd say give a look at the trailer. It's really something to see. All right. No, I do want to see it for sure. The first time you see a tank roll up, it's like, this looks like this was shot like mm-hmm. back in the 60s or 70s maybe. Is this playing locally? It was only a two-night special event through Fathom Events, of okay. course. So it's already done, but it's going to get a, a release as well. So I would highly recommend checking that out. Uh, it was on like December 17th and 27th. I don't know why they chose weekdays, by the way. Can they stop doing that? <laughs> yeah. It's because that's the theater's slowest day. All right, that's where they want you to come. <laughs> the theater was packed, though. It was crazy. I was that's like, why. man, they could have added some more people to this thing. Um, one last thing I'll mention before I uh, hand it over here to John, too, is I started uh, an Alfred Hitchcock kind of thing where I'm trying to knock out this 15-movie um, set that Nabil bought me six years, years ago. Six years it's ago? like six, six years, years ago. Okay, yeah. Jeez. So, I mean, we think Marco's bad. I mean, this has been sitting on my shelf for a <laughs> I mean, for a we've while. got a few box sets that I've, I've realized I've had to stop buying you because you've got to get through them. I'm. This is my last one. This is my last my physical media. It's kind of crazy. took six years, but I got to it. So I've been watching some Alfred Hitchcock films, and they're hit or miss for me, truthfully. <laughs> I like, don't get me wrong, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, during the time, he was fantastic. He did a lot of things that future directors would use his techniques and... His way of shooting with suspense and already kind of pre-planning of how he did shots was way ahead of his time. I do think some of his, his earlier films, such as like I like I watched like Saboteur, which is from 1942, Shadow of a Doubt from 1943. Those ones have some particularly kind of shitty writing. I mean, like yeah, I'll say it. I don't care, man. I'll say it. The writing's not that good. There's romance in these things that make no sense. But once again, I kind of credit that to the feel of the 40s because i know i mean i told you guys before i've studied film so this is definitely something that was kind of a trend back then um i would say the first movie that i really enjoyed out of the set so far was rope which is a 1948 film which is the first appearance of jimmy stewart with uh working with albert hitchcock and that one is kind of cool it's got a pretty creepy um, story about two guys that murder someone and then they have a dinner party mm-hmm. and the guy's like under a chest and they're trying to play it off because they're crazy but um sounds family friendly yeah i mean it's still from 1948 you don't see much and then like even rear window like this time around i didn't like as much i know your wife didn't like me (laughs) saying that she's like how could you give it three and a half stars i'm like because once again the romance here is fucking stupid (laughs) it's a lot of stuff added just to like it almost feels like they were pleasing hollywood is x like yeah we have romance too it's got jimmy stewart and uh, Grace Kelly. I mean, Grace Kelly's awesome. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's like, oh well, there's we no go. chemistry there. No, she just shows up. I'm like, damn. Could tell she wanted to be a princess. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's what I've been watching. I've been wanting to watch a lot of stuff, like I said. So, uh, what about you, John? What have you been watching? Well, I'm gonna take this back to Netflix, like Marco, and yes. I've been looking forward to this since it was announced about three months ago. I'm a giant Bruce Springsteen fan. Okay, and living in Northern California and not wanting to spend $800 for a ticket as long as a trip to New York that makes to sense. see the spring scene on Broadway <laughs> when it was announced mm-hmm. on Netflix. That, you know, was, that was my thing I was looking for for nice. Christmas. Yeah. And um, it was fantastic. I, I've heard good things yeah. about it too. Yeah. I literally weep the whole time watching this show. Wow. I mean, it wow. was that. Powerful, that yeah. deep. Were, were you singing your lungs out too, John? 
I was singing low. <laughs> okay. It's, it's funny that you said the singing your lung out sing because um, in 2003, he played in SAC and it was two days after 9 11. No, oh, not 9 wow. 11, but when we, we an, invaded uh, Afghanistan. Right. And there's this bootleg of me singing and Bruce telling me, You sound awful. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So all my friends have given me shit for that for like 15 years. But um, yeah, the spring suit. But at home, head. he can't tell you shit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and I liked actually how it was shot. The first half, when it was very personal, it was shot very tight. Nice. And then moving on to like the back half, when he brings more of the audience in, you get to see a little bit more of the audience throughout. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, it's a full concert. Yeah, full two hours and forty five minutes. So, oh um, wow! Okay, wow. And it's the full concert and. More so is telling the stories behind the songs, and that's the part that gets really deep. Nice. And my my mom and Jamie, who's my wife, who don't get it, you know, <laughs> I didn't watch it, and they both fell in love with it, and they're like, "Oh, this is I understand what you like now." Nice. Seeing it, so. Well, there you go. That's always a good feeling. Give it a look now. And then uh, the other thing I'm watching on DC Online. Shout out to Richard Remigio for giving me his password. <laughs> <laughs> we are fans of the sharing of the password here i've been watching titans um we've had dc online since it launched but i watch streaming through either my ps4 my xbox one or my fire stick and it wasn't available on any of those and i don't like watching things on you know my ipad for right so now that it's come to Fire Stick and I got a Roku for Christmas, nice. you know, now I have them where I can watch it on my 60 inch TVs. Mm -hmm. And so I've been digging like the first uh, season of Titans. I've been doing an episode a day. Dang. If you, How many episodes are you in? I'm four in okay. right now um, of the 11. If you like the Marvel Netflix stuff, it has that feel, except Ooh, maybe nice. a little bit darker. Is it better wow. than the trailer? Yes. <laughs> okay, it that's better. Just, just making sure. Our that, friend Mikey actually gave me and Marco like the first four episodes. Uh, I still haven't seen them. Yeah, no, me neither. They've been sitting there, but I'm like, I gotta get whoa, to whoa, these. Whoa, 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 whoa! Maybe we'll need to get some share action here for the, <laughs> He airdropped it to yeah. us, man. I wasn't. He was in all. front of us. He said, "Here you guys go." <laughs> it's like, like it's like a little drug deal that we did, you know, with streaming like, services. Mikey, this is illegal. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't want to go to jail. Uh, so you're so you're liking it so far. Yeah, I yeah, am. Okay. Do you are you a fan of the Marvel Netflix stuff? I've watched some of it. Okay. I I tend to like oh it's there, but I forget. Same to no, same. It. I'm guilty. Same yeah. way. Rip Daredevil. I mean, if anything, Just, also shout out to Marvel's Runaways, which started their second season on Hulu. Yeah, and it's been really advertising good. like crazy. It's really good. So, Just so you know. So are the characters pretty uh, true to? Their their source material. It's, it's a little bit darker, actually. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. And All does right. it work, Frank Millerish, in this regards, being yeah. darker on this one? First four issues. The first four episodes. Sorry, issues <laughs> a comic thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, you you said it's on the Fire Stick. Does that mean there's a, a DC app on the there's Fire Stick? There's no a DC app on the Fire Stick. Before it was only available on uh, Roku and iPad. Or awesome. Computer, Apple TV yeah. added, right? I think. Good Maybe to not know. actually. No, I think Apple TV did too. Okay. Cool. And the streaming surf is great because it also has like a couple thousand free comics on it that you can That's read. Cool. Nice. They actually have some really cool shows coming out as well uh, for the uh, DC app coming out. 
like Doom Patrol and stuff. Yeah, and Young Justice starts next yeah. week, the third season. So. Which Nabil has told me plenty of times. Young Justice is coming on DC Online. I did not yeah. know that. I knew it was no, no, coming but out. This guy has always told me to watch this. I'm like, like I'll get to it eventually. Show. Then it got canceled, and I was like, no, it's gone now. And then I was like, wait a minute, now it's coming back? Yeah, yeah I, I heard uh, good things about Young Justice, too. I was disappointed when it got canceled. It was good. And wow. it has all the DC cartoons, the Batman yeah. animated series. It goes off of that Justice whole universe, yeah. that the animated universe. All right, guys, let's move on now to our review of the new DC superhero film, Aquaman. My parents made me what I am. I am the protector of the deep. In this trident resides the power of Atlantis. In the wrong hands, it would bring destruction. But in the hands of the true heir, it would unite above and below. The time has come for Atlantis to rise again. We must stop him. And how do you propose we do that? By retrieving this. I already got one of those. Not like this one, you don't. All right, guys, so let me give you a little IMDb description here. Arthur Curry learns that he is the heir to the underwater kingdom of Atlantis and must step forward to lead his people and be a hero to the world. This is directed by James Wan, who is mostly famous for a lot of horror films, by the way. So, Saw in uh, 2004, Insidious in 2010, Conjuring in 2013. He also did the Fast and Furious 7, so Furious 7 movie in 2015. This is starring Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry slash Aquaman, Amber Heard as Mira, Willem Dafoe as Voco, and Patrick Wilson as King Orn slash Ocean Master. And also, I'm going to mention Yaha Abdul-Mateen II as Black Manta. Uh, let's start with you, John. I just want to ask you first, even starting off here, how before this movie even started, though, how do you like... Do you like Aquaman? He's okay. He's a C-less character. I like him a lot more in Justice League than actually reading his comics. Okay. But for the new 52, when that relaunched, mm-hmm. Jeff Johns did four trades, so about 30 issues. And really redefine the character, and that's what a lot of this movie was based it's on. Based on right? and, and for those who don't know, the New Fifty Two is there is their reboot of all the DC characters, right? The first reboot yeah. of all the DC characters. Okay. Twenty eleven. Yeah, and then yeah. Another one. Rebooted again in twenty fifteen. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. It's hard to keep on top of this, guys. You definitely became cooler after that reboot, though. I will say that it was basically that that series and a little bit of a Peter David book called the Atlantis Chronicles Ooh. that came out about thir- 25 years ago or so. And that played up a lot of the Atlantean history. Again, we're old. Nice. <laughs> so John, did you, uh, yay or nay on the film? A very big yay. Nice. Very, very big yay. Um, I'm probably going to disagree with Marco about a lot of this, <laughs> but I liked it. It was actually, it felt like a comic book on the screen. Okay. And it didn't have to be dark and, and all that. I liked it as, you know, just an actual, like, comic book. What are you trying to say, sir? To <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I mean, I loved that there was an octopus playing the drums. Yeah, right? as soon as that happened, I looked at my girlfriend and said, let's get one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Marco? So, I saw this movie twice. Because, yeah, and I didn't like it the first time, I'll admit it. I really did not like it. I hated it. I was just bashing it nonstop. I went to eat with Nabil and our friend Mikey, and I just could not stop talking shit about this movie because I thought it was just off-the-wall bonkers. Marco, you got to say, though, I did tell Marco 
Let me know what you think after you see it twice. Because yeah. I had a feeling he, he did. He's gonna see it a twice. Like, there ain't no way he's seen this it. shit once before. And we, because first off, by the way, we saw this movie hell early. Yeah, yes. we saw a special screening through Prime membership through I don't know. We're at Amazon yeah, so here, we saw it before it's actual release a week date. before it even came out. Yeah. So it's We're been special. about three weeks. So I just uh, thought it was more akin to. Batman Forever. In fact, I came out calling it Batman Forever Two: The Aquaman. I don't I like Batman Forever. But see, I like Batman talking. Forever now because it's aged well, and you can just poke fun of it. You could, It's one Wait, of those movies you could just, just turn. Say? You could. You could just turn your brain off and watch it. But enough of that. I saw it the second time, and I think a lot of my dislike for it had to do with the fact that we had recently seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I think is fucking fantastic. And it was just too soon for me, because they're both different caliber movies, and it was just too soon for me to kind of get into the feel for Aquaman, so I let myself cool off, saw it a second time, and I liked it. Yeah. It's I don't love it, but I liked it. I enjoyed it and had more fun with it, because all my expectations were out the window. What worked for me, I'll start with the good, the cinematography and the visuals. I liked it. So I liked that part of it. And I enjoyed arthur curry's performance i thought that was cool um the octopus thing though man i didn't like it the first time i almost walked out of the movie theater the first time i was like this is fucking ridiculous no he didn't he was he was sitting down i know shut your ass up Mark. no but I, I i did throw my hands up and i looked at mikey and i was like what the fuck was that and mikey, mikey told me afterwards he said i liked it but uh i again i liked it it wasn't a huge yay for me but i think it definitely will help the worlds of DC and their future movies. Um, it's also killing in the box office. Yeah, I'll and I'll go into more detail when we talk about what what worked and what didn't work. But um, I, yeah, I ended up changing my mind. So okay, yeah. I, which I mean, once again, you never have to change your mind here, guys. But I was kind of almost fearing it a little bit, John. I was like, "Fuck, man, I'm gonna have to put my Marco the whole time on this thing." Um, what about you, Nabil? I thought it was fun. I mean, I went, even when I left the theater, I was telling Marco, I was like, I didn't. I had low expectations to begin with, but I like Jason Momoa, and he's kind of what I've always wanted uh, Aquaman to be. His character reminded me of what Justice League Unlimited wanted his their Aquaman to be. If you ever watched that animated series, um, James is looking at me with a stop like these. You know, I've never seen it. <laughs> really <asshole>. should. Um, <laughs> But um, that's kind of where that was coming from for me. I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of trying to be a little bit more badass, and that's how they tried to do the trailers. Um, he wasn't as dark as he was in um, the Justice League film, uh, which I actually liked. He was much more vulnerable. You know, he's like, I got stuff to deal with, and this is the reason why. And it's a decent enough story for him to want to go in Atlantis and try to figure this stuff out. Like, okay. Um, but it was just fun. Hilarious is Black Manta. <laughs> and. I mean, it's a sad reason for him to have an arch enemy and error, but the guy's an idiot, and he's just trying trying to find a way to be stronger than these Atlanteans. We'll, we'll talk about it this. Yeah, spoilers. we'll talk yeah. about him. especially. But um, there's yeah. a couple scenes. Like, huh. I thought, I thought he was a great. Yeah, I know he's supposed to be like the serious guy, um, but he wasn't. He was just funny. Um, and I will say too, I want to just mention one of the things I really like was Patrick Wilson. His uh, he was the straight man 
in Ocean Master. Usually it's the protagonist is a straight man, like in Black Panther, you know. Uh, but he he was a straight man, and it's hilarious to see like Jason Momoa and our, and him kind of go at it each other with different. Uh, Isn't it kind of views? funny because like uh, Patrick Wilson is almost what the classic Aquaman right? from yeah. Super Friends Absolutely. would yeah. look like? No, they they did that on purpose. Did they they, okay. they, uh, they made him look uh, like the classic Aquaman with the blonde hair and the blue eyes. Yeah, I was like, and oh. and the hairstyle. And they made Jason Momoa the his own version, the newer version of Aquaman. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I, it was I just appreciated fun. that. I had, I had a good time with it. No, no, uh, no, re- no reason to take it too seriously. Uh, I love this movie, by the way. Really? This might be the best DC movie out. <laughs> okay. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Both just to statement. let you guys know, I had so much fun with this. Um, also, as I've mentioned a lot of times, my girlfriend. She's not really the biggest person into these kind of films, but she actually had a really good time too. So, I mean, maybe that helped too, like seeing her actually laugh and go with it. Um, Not perfect. It's not a perfect movie, but it's such a fun movie. It's colorful. I liked the sets of where they were. It was really cool how they dealt with like underwater sequences, um, per se, about talking and how they fight. Uh, the fight choreography I thought was really good. It was good. Um, especially the c- certain action sequences themselves were just really memorable as well. Like the Sicily scene where they're jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Black Manta comes. I mean, we'll talk more about that in yeah. a little bit too. <laughs> I mean, there's a little more. Especially the scene where he has the flare and he's jumping into the water and those mer creature like folk are chasing him down. I'm like, this is like a Michelangelo painting. <laughs> what is this, sir? Um, I liked it. I laughed. I thought it had a cool little love story to it as well. Um, I think it's always cool to see like Nicole Kidman like kicking ass too. Yeah. I don't get, think we get to see that a lot. That was really cool. She's doing flips and shit. And like we talked, I was like, did they actually have to de-age Nicole Kidman? No, they didn't. I don't think they had to. I don't even think they did. They just added extra makeup. <laughs> she looked really weird to me and they... She's younger, glowing. The younger, yeah. okay. Yeah, glowing. The one dude did. Jingle Fett guy. Oh, yeah, they ate the him hard. Tamura <laughs> <laughs> Morrison. I was like, Jay, well, he's, buddy. he's just a man trying to make his way to the galaxy to Bill, okay? Yeah, he's like, I, this is my son. Okay. I was like, whoa, Jingle, what's going on here, buddy? He's about to fight Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, I liked it, though. There's a lot of cool action sequences. I liked how this was, once again, like a self contained movie. I think they make one reference to the previous films where they made one to Justice League. Yeah, right? where you uh, mentioned Step- Steppenwolf. Oh, you, you came to fight Steppenwolf, and yep. he's like, I did that because I had to, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, really fun though. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Though. I think that's the biggest thing for me as a takeaway. Uh, Jason Momoa himself is super likable. Yeah, and I think that goes a long way in these movies because a lot of these movies have been criticized for having characters that are just like, dude, why do I care? And it's, I mean, I. I agree. At times, it's kind of like, man, I'm not even quite sure why I would like Superman after he did all that shit, you know? <laughs> and um, no, fun movie overall. Um, for you, John, though, going back to you, we do a little round robin of questions and such. Yes, sir. Um, what was the best thing, without spoiling it yet, because we're jumping to spoilers, what, for the most part, I know you said it was like a comic book to you, but was there anything else that really worked, but uh, on, on the op- opposite side of that, too, did anything not work for you on this one? I love Momoa's performance. I mean, he had a wink and a smile that I really enjoyed. I agree. It. Just nitpicky, the de-aged Nicole Kidman got that uncanny okay. valley. <laughs> yeah. <to> me, <laughs> okay. You know, and then I will say that Black Manta was pretty goofy. Is he? Know? I mean, I don't know enough of Black Black Manta to begin with. On that, is he not I, like that I, in the comics? I, He's much I agree more with you, John. There, a little bit more serious and. But I mean, it was there. But I of that, I thought that was the weakest. 
Okay. Thing. Yeah. I think they could have just gone with Ocean Master and been fine. Yeah. But I mean, okay. this was. I definitely didn't story. think there was too many bad guys though. Like a Spider-Man no, three effect at all. No, no not like at they all. they did a really good job of giving them enough time. And I kind of understood. I was like, oh, because Black Panther is doing this. That's why this is happening. It worked for me that way. Um, for me personally, the only thing that I would say that there's two things that didn't work. First off, the wig on Amber Heard was a little bad. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that or not. I mean, I, I didn't like that either. It was hard to get past most of it, but I mean, no. It was ridiculous. It was pretty bad, but it didn't like take away too much from me. And I will say at times, dialogue is pretty clunky. But once again, I feel like the movie. Yeah, I feel like the movie is aware that it's a campy film, right? Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. What about you, Nabil? Uh, Best part: there's a big fight because there's actually two fight scenes with Arthur Curry and um, Ocean Master, and the first big fight scene, really epic, super cool. They're in arena. I love. Did you like the stat the stat sheet they had on? It was just talking (laughs) shit about Aquaman. Yeah, that was hilarious. Nothing. That whole scene was pretty (laughs) awesome. uh, what I what I didn't like was really um, Nicole Kidman's character. To be honest, like she was cool, but what they did with her, just I was like, okay, I guess we have to like be concerned about her past and she's coming in. She didn't add a lot of value. Like there was a driving force for uh, Arthur Curry to to want to find her, but he didn't even know. So it's not like it's a I don't know. There's seems like there was a plot there that may would would have probably been bigger, but I just I didn't see it. I also missed like the first two minutes of the movie, so there was also that. And I guess yeah, there was did. A little I don't. Th- uh, yeah. but I don't know if I missed much. You didn't miss much. And yeah. I updated. He's like they found her. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Yeah. So I just didn't think she added too much value as far as driving the plot. Um, she's great to be there. I'm sure she'll be a bigger role in the next film, but I didn't really see the thing, see any value in that. What about you, Marco? I really like James Wan's eye for panoramic shots. I do think that the visuals were great. How Atlantis looks so different than any other world in DC. It kind of had that Black Panther-ish feeling to it where their it technology, did, right? yeah. the way yeah. they utilized the water in their technology. I thought that was really unique. Yeah. It, it, it just looked so great. when At the beginning, when the Atlantean soldiers come in and come after uh, Queen Atlantis, and they just come in with their futuristic-looking guns and everything. I thought that was just brilliant. Uh, the f- the fighting and action sequences were on point. I think this movie has some of the best fighting scenes in all the DC movies. It just flows. The camera angles that are used are great and gives it like a powerful feeling to it. You feel invested in these fights, which is great. Uh, of course, Arthur Curry. Um, Jason Momoa killed it as Aquaman, Arthur Curry. I think his performances made the film. He was by far one of the best aspects of this movie. And I, I'm going to go as far to say as he carried the movie for me. Uh, Nicole Kidman, her scenes, although limited, I thought were also amazing too. Her fight scene at the beginning is just incredible and it's jaw-dropping. And I, I didn't love- think it was going to happen like that either. I was like, God damn. Yeah, crazy. it's almost like one single continuous shot too. There's like almost no cut to it. I loved it. Um, and of course the underwater scene when Aquaman and Mera are getting away from the trench and like you mentioned it, James, yeah, with the flare, really well done. it was fantastic. Just great. What didn't work? 
some of the fucking dialogue I thought mm-hmm. was just super campy, especially when Black Manta jumps in and he's got his suit and he says, you call me Black Manta. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, dude. But like no. John's saying, that seems like no. that would come out of like a page of a comic book, though. Yeah. But, but see, at times I felt like the movie was pulling in different directions where it wanted to take itself not serious and then also at the same time take itself ser- serious. And when it tried to take itself serious, I was like, no, 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 no. don't do that. Don't do that. Keep it. Keep keep it like just kind of fun like you were and i felt that that had to do with the script it wasn't so much as james wan's fault he did what he could with the script and i think with a little tweaking if they continue this character and i think it's doing great in the box office it's going to get a sequel i think they will fine-tune that and really get it to where it's kind of akin to thor ragnarok where they are just fully invested in the silliness of it and that was really my only qualms aside from mara's stupid wig which i don't know why they tweaked it i know they wanted to make it more colorful but i like the way she looked in justice league better and uh of course i'm gonna say this i don't like that stupid pitbull song i know it was a cover <laughs> oh yeah but by the way the soundtrack for this movie is pretty song. bad That's yeah awesome. i will say so, that too. um i don't think it deserved to be two and a half hours long either i think that kind of hindered it it a runs a little long and i mean i will say one thing too is that Maybe one too many battle scenes. Yeah, there was. There yeah, was quite a few. I was like, there's a lot of battle scenes in here. I I also just gonna throw this out there that, and we'll continue in the spoilers that Black Manta should have been saved for a sequel. I don't think they should have u- used him as much in this movie and should have concentrated more on King Orm, Ocean Master. I think that would have been a stronger plot and just kind of keep, uh, Black Manta in the background. That's just me. And yeah, that's I got my you. thoughts. Uh, let's jump into spoilers, then, guys, so that we can talk a little bit more spoiler-free, of course, or non-spoiler-free. <laughs> so, uh, if you'd like to w- listen to the rest of this, if you've already seen this, uh, continue listening. If not, we're gonna have a little sound here and just look at our uh, timesheet on this one. You can just go to the outro. So here you go. All right, so here we are in the spoiler section, guys. I'm going to start here by going off you, uh, with you, actually, John. Once again, we're coming back to you. What was the best part of the film for you that kind of defined Aquaman? And then what would you say, if you do have one, you don't always have to have one, the worst part? I thought the best part was the final battle, the Lord of the Ring S. That was cool, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. When the, the crustaceans were... Goddamn Carathon, yeah. played by but, Julie Andrews, voice by her, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Pops up and just starts taking it. <laughs> this I, the scale of that was inc- yeah, was also amazing. I, I absolutely love that. Again, that was like a comic book on the screen, and and yeah, that was probably my favorite part. Um, again, the worst part, the Pitbull song. Yeah, when they did that, man, I was like, Jesus, <laughs> oh, what man. is this? And the just the young Nicole Kidman, but that's nitpicky, just the uncounty right. value. Just getting nitpicky with it. Uh, what about you, uh, Marco? I have to say the final battle with Orm when Aquaman is just dragging the trident. I thought that was just something like, about that my moves, bro. was just freaking badass. It was like he was almost like taunting him, you know, like you're you're in my territory now. Which he was technically. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. I and he that. just he just seems like ready and confident when Aquaman uh, and that whole b- battle was just shot so well. I, it's so good, especially the second time. Uh, when he gets, when Arthur Curry gets the Aquaman suit, and you see him, 
in I wish they the hadn't shown that in the, the goddamn trailer, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that would have been a good true. That would have been I such agree. a true cool reveal, but it's, man. But it's still good. And, of course, because I'm a sap, when he sees his mom, I thought that was just such a good scene. And they're both embracing each other. I think it was a really powerful part of the movie. Even when I saw it the first time, I was like, okay, this is good. This is really good. He didn't you say know? that afterwards. So, what didn't work? I again, I don't. Well, like, what was I, the worst scene for you, basically? Uh, worst scene for me when Black Manta says his name. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I was like, um, everything was cool about him. I just wish that he would have been dubbed that nickname rather than you know, or said it in a different way. It's a little direct, I'll yeah. say. And I just, I wanted him to kind of be saved for the sequel because of i because of the post credit scene i did you think it was survive. hilarious when um aquaman's telling mary like oh he's like it's because like, like, like kind of like killed his dad yeah. and then she's like no you didn't he's like yeah i did yeah, I, <laughs> I was like oh shit i think i mean things like that i was like i was like man this is yeah. hilarious because it would have been cool if the very end at the reveal they find out that he becomes the black manta and they save him for the sequel i think that would have made the structure of the story better i got a question with so. that then too it's like why is he so even at the end like you stay from the mid credit scene yes, right and then he's like i want to kill him i'm like maybe not man <laughs> getting getting your ass kicked you're lucky you right? didn't die but he saw you could hurt him especially with the new atlantean tech i did actually like the scene too where he is uh he got kicked off the side and he's crashing into the uh the, all the rocks and stuff that was kind of a creepy scene yeah i was like is he dead dude that yeah and then you see the camera from angle from his from point his of view. point of view too. I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, Man. no, like James Wan is a good cinematic director. I'll give him that. So I didn't yeah. actually have a problem with the Manda scene in the beginning because I think that led into the hero journey for Aquaman, where he just I'm letting the dad die. Fuck you. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, well, I should have saved him. I yes. Yeah. And then that you know you see the the journey from. How the hero yes. journey. No, I agree. That's true. I just wish that the That's consequence true. would have been like play the long game all the way to the very end okay. of him, of yeah. the guy becoming Black Manta. And just really quick, I liked how there were some throwbacks to Man of Steel on this. Like the whales, that's a throwback all the way to Man of Steel. So. <laughs> it was, man. It was. I'm a huge DC nerd. Anyway, in Man of Steel, he gets saved by whales, and it it was said that Zack Snyder said that that was Aquaman who sent those. In Justice League, you see him swimming with whales, and here he uses a whole to escape Orm. So, that's good. Good Full fucking circle. <laughs> Just saying. John's like not quite sure about this one. Uh, what about you, Nabil? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, as far as favorite uh, scene is is the very last scene between again Arthur Curry and Ocean. Ocean Master fighting just head to head with the Atlantean Trident and um, really just showing off his skills and saying that, you know, I could beat you now that, you know, now that uh, I have a little bit more confidence in myself to do it. Obviously, he was super overconfident in the first was it fight. The one, was it the one move that Volko told him, though? Yeah. He's like, this is all I had to do, bro. Yeah. And it was he all just thrown around. He's like, I mastered it. I He's like, it. I have the shield thing. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, we're seeing... The crane kick. What was yeah? With it, yeah, it was that was illegal. By the way, <laughs> it was actually it was. Uh, we're seeing was essentially the Atlanteans give uh, Black Manta the new weapon, and he decides, you know what? 
I think I could do something more with this. And overnight, figures out how to weaponize it and turn it into a fancy helmet. And almost kills himself. Almost kills himself. Hey, uh, but, but that fucking song, though. Come on. Yeah, I know. The Montage <laughs> song. Yeah. Just overnight, like the next day, literally, he was Black Manta and he could figure it out. I was like, wow, this is brand new to alien technology you've never seen in your life. And you're smart enough to figure out how to weaponize it in a different way and you turn it into an helmet? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. He's smarter than he looks. Okay. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, they should have established Jesus. that he was really good with that sort of technology. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, once again, that could have probably played off with the um, kind of stretching him out a little more. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for me, I mean, I there's there's a couple scenes like man, I really like when he comes out of the waterfall yeah. with the classic Aquaman gear. That looks so yeah. cool, and he's just kind of flexing it out. You know, he's like, so. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I wish that hadn't been spoiled. Oh, that would have been such toys. a cool like like a like oh my god, is this happening? Movies because especially coming from Justice League to this, you would never assume this Aquaman would wear the classic um Aquaman outfit, but it happens. And how they made it the royal attire, and that's why it's so yeah. like you know, shiny and weird looking talking about that too that's one of the things about like james wan because obviously he's a really good horror director um the scenes leading up to them going in really well done with it too yeah very creepy just like i was scared yeah yeah scary especially with them just coming out of the walls and stuff and the hands i was like ooh, creepy and the looming music too yeah everything the tone changes there i liked it that one really worked really well um so john i'm gonna start with you then because we'll go left to right here where would you rank the current dc films I rank it probably in the number one above Wonder Woman. Oh. Nice. So just to go off of it, guys. So, John, you would do Aquaman and Wonder Woman. How? What about the rest for you? Justice League 3, Man of Steel 4, BVS 5, Suicide Squad, Side Squad, like 9. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh as, I mean, I liked the movie. It was fun, but I don't think it's my number one. My number one, I think, is still Wonder Woman. So it goes Wonder Woman, uh, Batman v Superman, the extended cut. Yeah, I said it. I know oh my it's my opinion. God. Y'all can disagree. I have my reasons. I could have a whole podcast talking about that movie. Uh, number three would have to be uh, Man of Steel. Number four would have to be Justice League first, then Aquaman, and then Suicide Squad. Okay. Uh, yeah. What about you, Nabil? Uh, Wonder Woman's still my favorite one overall. Um, I would go then with uh, actually Aquaman, number two. I liked Aquaman a lot. Then I would go with uh, Justice League, Man of Steel, uh, BBS, and then Suicide Squad. I knew I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So mine would be, man, it's really tough. I mean, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are practically tied for me yeah. on these two. But I guess it'd be kind of Wonder Woman. Although I think Wonder Woman... Near the end, like we talked yeah, about the before, the bad guy in Wonder Woman is not as good as Aquaman's bad guy. I agree. Right. That's what that's I, I, I do like how they, yeah, they didn't make the mistake. They borrowed from uh, Marvel and had a, an actual human form as a bad guy. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's what there's, I, I can debate it. And it probably will shift depending on my mood of the day. <laughs> but I do Wonder Woman, Aquaman, uh, Man of Steel, Justice League, Suicide Squad, and then Batman vs. Superman. Give me the last one. I had fun with Suicide Squad, that's why, man. Yeah, no, it was fun. Plus, that soundtrack so goddamn good. <laughs> the soundtrack is 21 Pilots pretty good. Dude, right. that whole soundtrack. I was like, oh my god. All right, guys. Any last closing statements? Uh, no, just uh, go see Aquaman. You know, as as um, much as I criticized it, I'm and you know, I still had fun with it. Um, I it's a soft yay for me, and I really do want the worlds of DC to do well. 
I'm looking forward to see what they do next. I mean, we don't we don't know. I think this movie kind of revamped my excitement for the worlds of DC. I was kind of in the ruts with it. So check it out. It's in theaters. You'll have fun. It was after this where I was like, I'm going to check Titans out now. Yeah, That's cool. No, that's really good. You know what? Yeah, I'm probably going to check that out next, too. I mean, if uh, anything, after I watch uh, the movies that James let me borrow. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes please. next four, four films. He's like, two years later, I finally got to Titans. <laughs> what about you, Nabil? Um, honestly, like I was saying before, the key word here, I think, for this movie is it's fun. Just don't go into too uh, serious about it. It's not going to be like a Marvel film. It's going to be different from the other DC films, too. Um, it's just fun. I also still think that Shazam's going to suck, but that's just me. So, Which one? Shazam. Oh, Shazam? That's yeah. the next one, right? Yeah, that's the next one. I think we might be pleasantly surprised. I'm not surprised. very happy with this trailer. I mean, what do we got? We got Shazam and the Joker next year. So. Yeah, it's that costume, huh, Bill? The costume? Is that, is that yeah, it? I'm yeah. Not, I'm not feeling we'll a lot see. of this. No, Wonder Woman 2 was pushed to 2020, by the way. Oh, that's so sad. Just want to make sure everybody knows that one. Yikes. All right, guys. So that is the end of the pod. Thank you once again, everybody, for your reviews, your likes, your listens, your shares, uh, all the feedback. Um, Marco, before you let them know how to reach us, let them know about our our giveaway, separate from John's. That's right. We have two giveaways going on in this pod. So the pals are giving away two pop hero dolls one of or collectibles not dolls one of aquaman and the other of mara and you can win both of these that have been provided to us by waterfront comics of course you can win them simply by either sharing us sharing us in your instagram story so share the movie pals and tag us in your instagram story and you can enter a chance to win these two. Another way you can win it is on your other formats of social media. You can share us on Twitter or on Facebook as well. And you can also enter a chance to win both of these pop figures. So it's going to start right after you listen to this pod. <laughs> and it'll continue all the way through the month of January. So we will announce a winner at the end of January and let you know who won. So once again, you guys can reach us on Instagram at MoviePalsPod, as well as Facebook and Twitter, which is also at MoviePalsPod. Make sure that you give us any feedback that you would like to hear us do more or less on the pod. Anything that you wish to share from us as far as recommendations on movies to watch, we will watch them whether we like it or not. Or simply just come out and say hi and let us know that you, that you care about us. Definitely. And next time, stay tuned. We will be going over our yearly top 10 films. So that'd be of 2018. We'll have some honorable mentions and maybe even mention our worst film of the year as well. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Abil. And John. Have a good one. Have a good one.